Anthony Annarino is a highly respected international speaker, best-selling author, entrepreneur, and sales leader specializing in the complex B2B sale. Anthony is best known for his work at the Sales Blog, which has helped him gain recognition as a top thought leader in sales strategy. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back on. I'm always uh, delighted to get to talk to you. And when I see your giant smiling picture show up on <laughs> Skype, I remember how much I enjoy talking to you. Brilliant. Me too. You've, you've, um, you put out some absolutely fantastic content recently to help people through this very difficult time that we're all going through. And I really wanted to sort of get you on the show to sort of share some of those ideas with people that may not have had the chance to uh, sort of come across them really because I, I found them really useful in dealing with or thinking about how we should be dealing with the situation at the moment. Um, let's start with a sentence from your post, What to Do When the World is on Fire. You say that if we were to boil down the last 2,000 years of Homo sapiens, it would be the story of overcoming the obstacles placed in our way. Explain that. I mean, every great story. Uh, is the same. You know, we, we're uh, neophytes. We don't know anything. We're rubes. And we come upon some sort of challenge that shows up in our way. And it's beyond anything that we could possibly imagine. And we find a way to overcome that obstacle. And I, I have to remind a lot of my friends, um, you didn't get measles. Hmm. You didn't get mumps. Uh, you did not get polio. And we've we've been in this fight before and we sort of know how this story goes. And the, the story ends with a vaccine and with uh, therapeutics that help people. And we are going to absolutely find a way over every obstacle. But whether it's uh, world wars, whether it's figuring out how to put a rover on Mars and explore space, we always find a way because there's nothing more powerful than human uh, ingenuity and resourcefulness mm. and we always find a way mm. and this yeah. story will not end any different that's really interesting and and you're right that's that's been the story of um of, of human progress over the last twenty thousand years plus i would say 150,000 years probably and and then some um one of the pieces of advice that you give in one of your articles is to take care of yourself first and foremost so that's the first piece of advice that you give over and above anything else when thinking about uh, dealing with this situation. Why is that the first thing that we should be thinking about? Well, there's a couple, a couple reasons. So the, the first thing is, is that your brain and your mind, it lives in your body. So if your body doesn't feel good and you're not getting good sleep and you're not hydrating and you're not eating well and you're not taking care of yourself, then the mind doesn't tend to do very well when it's, when it's racked with fear and the stress response that we have to things like this. So the first thing is you gotta take care of yourself. And the second thing is you do have to take care of your mind at the same time, because it's easy to have an emotional response to these things, especially when there's so much of this going on in a time where media is just continually pounding this story mm. in front of you constantly. So if you if you are a person of faith, then you know contemplative prayer or meditation or yoga, or anything, uh, just taking a nap, you know, to to get your mind right, to just take a and decompress and let some of this stress go, you're going to be in a lot better position going through this kind of thing. Hmm. So exercise, sleep, meditation. Um, and I think you, you cited in one of your articles that um, if you're on a plane, and the plane's going through some difficulty, the first thing that the air crew 
the, the air cabin crew ask you to do is put your own mask on first before you help anyone else. And right. I guess that's, that's the advice that you're giving everyone now. Um, the second thing that you talk about is taking care of others. How best should we think about doing that both from a, uh, a business perspective and from a personal perspective? Well, those are two different perspectives, but here, here's what I would say about that. If, if you're focused on trying to make sure that everybody else is okay, then you don't tend to spend all your time thinking about yourself. And it, it's very easy to become self-absorbed when you have fear like this because you're concerned for your own well-being. And that's just a, a, a two million year old reptilian brain that its whole purpose is to make sure that you don't die. Hmm. And, uh, and so it's it's constantly ad adjusting for the fear to make a decision as to whether to freeze or to, to flight or to fight. It's trying to make that decision. But if you're focused on taking care of other people, then you don't spend so much time thinking about yourself. Mm. And if you're not thinking about yourself and you're thinking about other people, it takes a little bit of the edge off of this fear that we have and it, it changes your focus. And it can be really useful. Plus, there's a lot of people that need your help. You know, I've, I've had to take food to um, my uncle who's 82 years old because in where I am in, in Ohio, we're in shelter at home for two weeks. And we were basically sheltered at home for two weeks before that. Hmm. So he, he didn't have enough food. And so I had to go and take care of him. And it, it stops you from thinking of yourself when you think about other people. When it comes to business, this is going to cause some sort of a disruption in the business market and the economy generally. But when people go through something like this, they need more help, not less help. So one of the questions that I've been asked you know, continuously over the last couple of weeks is, should I stop selling? Hmm. It's like, well, if you can help people, then you're obligated to go help them. If what you sell isn't of any use to that person, then for, I mean, leave them alone in good times or in bad times. Don't bother them if you don't have something for them. But right now, people are going to want to get their businesses back. They're going to want to try to recover the time and the revenue that they lost. They're going to try to keep their employees. So you've got to decide, I'm going to go out and, and help more people because they're going to need more help than ever. Well, let's talk a little bit about the, the sales, marketing and new business part of this, because a lot of the leaders that I've been speaking to recently, Anthony, have sort of said that obviously there's an imperative to sell because they need to keep the lights on. They need to pay employees. Life still needs to go on but they don't want to be seen to be taking advantage of the situation. I think we've seen a lot of people out there that have used quite crass marketing strategies yeah. and techniques and I, to take advantage of, you know, one of the things I've seen recently is sort of, you know, 50% off all bikes uh, for the Corona sale or just things, things like yeah. that, that I don't think does anyone any, any good. And I, I don't think anyone wants to be seen to be taken advantage of this, but this, the reality is that we still have to sell things. We still have to make things and sell things. So how should we be thinking about sales, new business and marketing at this time? So that, that what you described is a self orientation. The bike really isn't about you. The bike is about me having my business survive. And that would be exactly the wrong way to approach this kind of a situation. The right way would be to understand that for your business to survive, you have to go help other businesses survive. So how do you help them survive? And, and that's a different view of this. And I, I think that that's the right view for us to take. And again, if you can benefit somebody, if you can help them find a way out of a problem, 
I don't think people's major problem right now is that they they need a bicycle, at least not where I am, because <laughs> you're you're hardly allowed outside. Sure. You are allowed outside to get exercise. But sure. you, you, you grow your business when you help other people get what they want. Hmm. And and that's that's really the key. So you have to understand it has to be another oriented endeavor. Hmm. And you have to do something that benefits them right now. And the more you can be on point there, the better you're going to do. Mm, really, really interesting. You also say something really interesting. You say that the problem with a crisis is that when you're in it, it's all consuming. And this one, especially so. Um, and it's really interesting. I had, a, I had a conversation with my um, my fiance yesterday. We were talking about she's she's slightly more of a, a worrier than me. She's a bit more anxious than and I'm a bit more sort of easygoing and I was saying that sort of 30,000 year, years ago in the hunter hunter gatherer environment she would probably be the one that would survive because if we're, if we're walking through the through the savanna um I'm the one that sort of if we hear a rustling in the bushes I'm the one that sort of says ah no it's fine don't worry about it it's nothing <laughs> and I'm probably going to be the one and I'll be right nine times out of ten but the time that I'm not I'll be eaten by a lion or a snake or what have you she'll survive every single time and sort of she's so she's the descendant of you know, a cautious, cautious people. So it's in some ways, it's good to be cautious and anxious and sort of have that alert on all the time. But it, in some instances, it's quite draining. Um, and it's not always healthy. So what advice do you have for people for on sort of maintaining their poise and perspective during this time? Yeah, you have to look at this in in a, a larger scope. So this is the first thing that we've had like this for quite some time. And it comes with a lot of fear. But a lot of the fear is being driven by uh, the media. It's being driven by our unpreparedness, uh, which is being corrected, I think, in most places around the world. And you have to make sure that to, to maintain your poise, you you take a look at the the good things that are happening and the bad things that are happening uh, with sort of a, a clearer view than just taking the panic and the fear by itself. Hmm. So the crisis is real. And uh, I think most of us, I, I think when this is all said and done, the uh, absolute rate of the number of lives we've lost will be uh, percent, percentages lower than even the flu. But But that being said, for a certain population, and I include my mom and my dad, who are, are both over 70 years old, both have pre-existing conditions, they're, they're at a much greater risk. And so what we're doing right now is trying to make sure that we prevent creating risks for people who are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. and, and we're doing that. But I would tell you to keep your poise and put this in perspective. We, we are going to have summer. It's going to die down in summer. Hmm. We believe it's going to come back in fall uh, or, or in winter for sure. But, but we've already got vaccines. We've already had uh, a number of people commit to making ventilators and respirators and protective gear at a much greater level than they were up until this point. And we are doing what we need to. So we are going to come out on the other side. And I think making sure you have the perspective of this is mm. uh, very much in some ways like the flu, even mm. though it, it spreads faster. We, we have... Uh, we have vaccines for those. We have the ability to get a flu shot every year. Mm. You know, we, we, we are going to beat this. And so you just have to know we have we're smarter than we've ever been. Mm. And in fact, if you don't know this, the the first vaccine that was created didn't use eggs and it didn't take years to develop. It took 20 days 
because they're using plants to do this. And so it's much faster. And uh, it, it took literally 20 days to develop the first vaccine. Huh. Now, that hasn't been through trials, but we, we're uh, a, a very clever species. And uh, the virus is not that clever of a species. It's kind of a brute force thing with a, a very thin membrane that you can break very easily and kill very easily if you get it on the outside of the body. Hmm. So keep your perspective. I mean, we're, we're going to get through this. It's going to be a little bit of a struggle and we'll have a rough time hmm. uh, economically, but we're going to make it out. That's super interesting. I, I didn't know that we'd actually um, started creating vaccines yet. My my understanding was that we were sort of a year, 18 months off sort of creating something that can um, that can be deployed um, safely across um, the population probably, and probably, probably safely is the term. Yeah. Probably a year away, but the the vaccines there's already four of them. Really I mean, interesting. So, yeah, we're we've we've moved very very fast on this, That's and it's fast. because of the technology and the advances in science. That's super fascinating, and and this relates to something else that you said um, in one of your other articles as well. In that you say that we are we are right now at the beginning of the middle chapters. I thought that was really interesting. What do you mean by that? Every, every story <clears throat> basically has the same arc. You know, there's a, a person, I, I started that, the blog post with boy meets girl, mm. you know, but boy loves girl, they get married, live happily ever after. Nobody's going to go see that movie. That's a terrible movie. <laughs> We've seen there, it as there well. There has to be something that happens, right? right. And the reason that uh, all of our stories uh, about human beings are the same is because they are, they mirror real life. You know, there's this part where we're called to adventure at, at some level, and then we recognize that we have to overcome some foe that's stronger than us, where we have uh, almost a lost cause. I mean, that, that's it. So if you think of Star Wars or something like that, Luke Skywalker's nowhere prepared for mm-hmm. for, for Darth Vader, right? Mm-hmm. But but that's his challenge. He's got to do that. And at the end, you have to find a way to uh, summon the courage and to go and, and do this. So the middle chapters are the part where you recognize that you're in this fight. And that you can't do anything about it, but you have to find a way to win. And we sometimes pretend that this middle chapter is the end chapter. Hmm. And and I, I wrote something and published it uh, two days ago on the, hmm. the fact that th- this is not the new normal. And people who are saying, like, this is the new normal. Well, it's not. We're, we're not going to stay six feet away from the people that we <laughs> love. We're, we're not going to not go out to restaurants. We're not going to not go to concerts hmm. and theaters. We're not going to do those things. We're in the middle chapter. So this is the part where it's really ugly. And it's where if you're Luke Skywalker, you lose your arm. I mean, it's uh, there. You don't you don't come out unscathed. And if you remember, he lost his friends. Right. So there's there's all these things that we're going to go through. But we're in the middle chapters. And the perspective is we're in the middle of the fight right now. But at some point, this will end Mm. and, and we will we will win. Yeah, that's that's super, super interesting to keep that that perspective, because when you're going through the middle chapters, it it almost feels as though this is never going to end. You lose your arm, you lose your friends, and it just feels as though this is intractable and it just feels as though it's um, this is going to be your life from here on out. But it's really important to understand that actually all things end, good things and bad things. And I think you you reference the um, Japanese proverb in one of your blog post when um, the emperor asked the monk, you know, what's the one thing that is true that will remain true throughout all time or something to that effect. And the, and the yep. monk replied, and this too will end. 
Um, right. And that's and that's super important that we maintain that that perspective. Super interesting. I want to talk about something else that you said that you, that you wrote about recently as well. You, you said, or you wrote, um, I'm. <laughs> somebody said, I'm going through hell, um, and then their friend replied, "Keep going. That's no place to stop." Super right. fascinating. Talk about that a little bit. That that was actually attributed to Churchill, but huh. uh, it, it, it he didn't say that. There's no record of him ever saying that, right. but uh, it's attributed to him. And I think it, it comes from uh, somebody else. But but it, it is like we're we're in the middle chapter, which means we're going through hell, mm. and that that's the part that we're in right now. And you can't stop here. You know, it's it's not a place to stop. And I think that that's exactly right. You have to keep going. If you're going through hell, keep going mm-hmm. and and get through the other side as quickly as possible. You don't you don't want to hang around in this place. And here in the United States, we seem to be uh, mobilizing to, to make this all go faster, mm-hmm. uh, which is good. But we were a little bit behind and uh, I, st- I still think that's the right uh, it's the right way to look at this. We're going through hell. So what should you do? Keep going. Get, get to the other side as quickly as you can. Mm, love it. Super inspirational and sort of mo- motivational message. And I think it's really needed um, among all the doom and gloom and the 24 hours sort of news coverage that really sort of gets a lot of people down. So I think your message will be received really, really kindly. Um, I always like to end these episodes, Anthony, with a silver linings, even though the vast majority of this has been uh, super positive and super upbeat. Um, I think people will come out of this um, feeling uh, uplifted. Um, I'd like to end with your own silver linings, really. So th- this situation hasn't been all doom and gloom, even though the economic and the health situation looks pretty dire at the moment. What have been some of your own silver linings, um, both personally and professionally? Well, let, let's say the most negative one, when you're a speaker and you lose all your gigs. <laughs> like, so you lose all of your gigs. Sure. And, uh, and that was quite a few gigs to have lost. Sure. And so you would look at that and say, that's really negative for you. Um, but I've been home with my family. Hmm. I mean, I've been home with my family. I've, I've had them home because the kids got sent home from college hmm. and, uh, and they've been here. And so the silver lining is if you're going to be locked up in a house, being locked up with the people that you hmm. love and don't get to spend as much time with as you wish you could is wonderful. Isn't that a beautiful and, thing? And not waking up in a hotel room somewhere. Sure. Where you're not even sure what city you're in. Mm. Uh, it's a lot better waking up in your own bed. So yeah. the the closeness and the conversations and, you know, I'm I call my parents every day to make sure that they're OK. And, mm. you know, so it, it's from uh, from that perspective of the things that I care most about. None of them are things. They're they're people. Mm. And to have this time with people has been wonderful for me. It really is. And and to be honest, we will never get this time again. You know, I think we spend so much of our time pursuing uh, business success and financial success so that we can spend time with the people that we love. But actually, we have that opportunity right now um to to spend that time and you know if for me it's the same thing i've you know, i've recently become in, engaged I've, I've got a six-year-old stepson and I'm, we're spending just a huge amount of time together and in peacetime that just wouldn't have been possible the <laughs> the amount of yeah. time that yeah. that i've spent so you know i'm i'm and this is probably not good it's not it's probably not gonna happen again at this touch wood uh you know the amount of time that that we're able to spend together um 
in, in, a, in a confined environment. This would probably never happen again. So I think we really need to sort of appreciate this this time right now. If, so uh, if, really if well you, said. If, if she makes it through with you <laughs> in the time that you're locked up together like this, you should go ahead and get married. Sure. You know, like if you can make it through this. Definitely. And, and it had to be your smile that got her. That's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I like to think so. I like, I like to think it's my charm and good wit and uh, intelligence and smarts as well. I like to think that she'd probably say something different, but uh... she, she's just going to say you're handsome. That's <laughs> all you got. <laughs> okay. Anthony, thank you so much for doing this. It's so so good speaking to you again, and uh, yeah, it's been a really uplifting message that you've uh, that you've had. So keep putting out all all the great content. Thanks for having me on. Wonderful. Anthony Anarino is a writer, salesman, speaker, and sales leader. Anthony, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you.